Arg, grog. Hey everyone, it's a Sideship Podcast with me, Peter Fickling, Kerry Warbis and Matthew Weir. I'm back from another research trip to a farm, deepest, darkest Sussex. There was chickens, that was about it, you know, ate some eggs. Guys, have you been doing due diligence while I've been away? I listened to the podcast, it was amazing. Well done, both of you. Oh, I didn't, you started listening and then we never heard from you again. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know whether you actually finished it. Oh, you took my silence as a as a review. Sort of like, oh shit, yeah, he hasn't enjoyed that <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, I've been I've been grazing at it through the week because, as you know, it's been quite a hectic week. I've been um, yeah. um unusually busy. Uh, what have you two been up to? Working really and watching Arsenal be crap. Um, oh yes. Also, your farm that you went to—it didn't just have chickens and eggs. There was a swimming pool. There was a swimming pool. That was the that was the main. That was the main attraction. It was much more um, home farm than bridge farm, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So very nice. I've been clawing my way back to normality after having COVID. And I, I did carry the solid of not telling her that I had COVID until we switched the recording off last week because yeah. I didn't want to prejudice anything. But And I also I didn't want my mum to find out via the podcast that I had COVID. <laughs> but she instinctively messaged me on Sunday morning saying you sound like you've got a cold so I was uh, busted whereas I didn't notice at all (laughs) yeah what a trooper yeah it was I'd have to say it was as shit as I expected it to be in its in its peak but by Friday it was just kind of dragging and still is a little bit if I'm honest but can hear it in you yes well and I just noticed uh, I was telling the guys that I've just opened a vintage perry which is a pear cider for those that don't know, which I've kept from my Christmas trip from Waitrose. But I've just noticed it at it's eight percent. So, way excellent. <laughs> all right then. So, um, Kerry, we'll be doing all the socials and um, whatever the fourth topic is on our own. Matthew will be a <laughs> yeah. sort of a kind of a slow slurring sound in the background. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's have a quick advert and then come back and. Either talk about um, Brian being a dick or Roy being a dick, one of the two. (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So Kerry, fantastic adverts, and now Brian the Dick. Yes, he's not done himself any favours, I grant you. Wow, okay, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> no, I'm floored. Or well, maybe it's the Perry. <laughs> Drop the mic on that. No, the worst thing he did was get agitated, I right. would say. I think, you know, his points are quite valid, really. I, I, 
because I'm I'm a bit, I'm a bit torn. I'm I'm struggling because technically Chris is right. Everything should be declared, shouldn't it? And yeah. open and transparent. The forensic accountant should have all facts before him. However, I just think part of me thinks Chris married um, Alice and now somehow is entitled to half of everything that Alice would have got or would get from Brian's empire. And part of me doesn't really think that's fair. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? It's like um, when Jeff Betzos split up with his wife, Mackenzie, right? She she got half of everything. She was she gave up her career. They moved across the country. She was his marketing team, PR team, HR team. They were, you know, they were joined at the hip and she's kind of been airbrushed out of the sort of Amazon history a little bit. And so it makes complete sense. She gets 50%. I, 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 you know, I approve of the law. I think that uh, women and men should get um, 50% of their partner's assets because, you know, it's more important to protect the vulnerable. But uh, there are, the, but it does seem a bit gold degree, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, especially when it's getting really nasty. I, I, it's, I don't know, it jars with me when Chris is going, well, yeah, you should have declared that beat-up old farmhouse that you bought off a pig person <laughs> um, that no one's ever heard of before. Yeah, uh, Alice yeah. Alice told him, that was pillow talk apparently, wasn't yeah. it? Alice must yeah. have mentioned that. Hey, have I ever told you about the time my dad bought a, a dilapidated farmhouse on an old pig farm? I'm not in the mood, babes. Oh, well, just a second. Let me tell you about the pig shack. <laughs> the pig shack. Also, Chris Chris is voiced by Mackenzie Crook, so that's two Mackenzies screwing their partners. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though, with this? I, I, you know, obviously I'm not, I don't blindly adore Brian. I know he has his faults. Of <laughs> Sorry, something very funny happened in the office there, Kerry. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying... <laughs> I don't know. I I wouldn't blindly do anything, but I do kind of see his side of it because he's he has like invested many many decades in this whole business, and now Chris, I loved it. He said, "I should have trusted my first instincts. You're a parasite." He just went. He lost it totally, didn't he? I was punching the air, and I got to say, throughout all of this, mm. all right, I might, I might, I'm slightly more pro Brian than Kerry on this. I, I. Chris is just annoying me so much mm-hmm. anyway that I'm I'm all Brian and his little uh shit stirring phone calls with Jacob as well. Mm. I just want you to know that spiritual home is absolutely safe. But just in case, yeah. <laughs> as Chris might totally f up everything I've just said. Yeah, and he said he's terrorizing your girlfriend. I thought, oh, that's a bit heavy, isn't it? He he's not really terrorizing. Obviously, I just said um, Brian was a dick in order to provoke Kerry, but I am in complete agreement with you, Matthew. Look, I'm I'm um, I'm on mm. Team Brian all the way. Um, mm. He is being overly protective of his property and of his daughter, and you know he was quite obnoxious. But, but ultimately, you know there is. I don't know that. I mean, there's, where's Chris's? I guess I guess, and this isn't a this isn't a gendered thing at all. But where's Chris's pride? Like, why is he being so bloody greedy? Is it all, are we supposed to believe it's all back to that moment when he found out that Alice was going to give up work? And so suddenly, what, what is it? He now needs to give up work. And so in order to do that, he needs to take her money. Is that is that all still plausible and true? What I secretly hope is 
But, you know, because Chris's business hasn't been mentioned by the forensic accountant at any point so far, what I really want to happen is that when they open his books, they realise that actually Chris's ironmongery, <laughs> which isn't what it is, <laughs> his um, blacksmithing is way more valuable than Brian's setup. And that actually it'll switch and that Chris owes Alice loads of money. <laughs> He might find himself in a dodgy position if they look too closely, which is basically what was happening with Brian and the cash in hand stuff, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was silly because, yes, he's being paid in cash. But if you declare it fully and properly, then that's fine. There's no problem with being paid in cash. Um, What they're all forgetting about and, you know, if they're going to actually be so acrimonious about money to the point where they really don't like each other at all, Poor Martha is the person who's going to cop for all of that later, further down the line, isn't it? Isn't she? Very good point. Chris has gone a bit robotic, hasn't he, as well? Because um, when he was chatting with, I mean, one thing Chris should have declared is that his best mate is Jacob, because I'd never been aware of that prior to the, like <laughs> this week. But there was that point where Jacob was kind of, he went, he was broaching the subject that he said he wasn't going to mm-hmm. about from Kate's perspective. And Chris said, I don't need to see it from her perspective and I thought that's a bit myopic isn't it really he's yeah. he's gone off on one um if you will indulge me I did come up with a little name for this scandal brilliant cash for equestrians <laughs> also another side to all of this is that it's not just a divorce settlement fight it's like class wars isn't it yeah. I think a lot of people on twitter are sort of going, I'm rooting for the pleb. And you think, yeah, but the pleb is Chris. Yeah. <laughs> he's hideous. He's a, he's a pleb and also a twat. Mm. Am I alone in, I'm a, am I alone in, so in real life, you know, quite famously, you know, if anyone who's listened to the pod for a, while, for a while will know that I'm sort of three clicks left of Trotsky when it comes to my politics. But in, you know, when it comes to Ambridge, I don't really care who's posh, who's not. Like, you know, I, I sort of, I do feel protective of people like Emma. I do get tired of the grandees and the Horribins constantly being downtrodden and beaten up. But if, you know, but I have no problem with Chris coming out on, you know, a bottom of an argument with one of the village poshos. That doesn't worry me at all because he's such an idiot. Yeah, it's all down to the actual individual, isn't it? Exactly, like, yeah. I, I, um, Pat and Tony, I don't like them lording it over people. I don't particularly like David and Ruth doing it. But I'll take Jim um, having the taking the moral high ground, and uh, I don't mind Vince as a as new money having more than other people. And in this case, yeah, Chris is a bloody parasite as far as I'm concerned, and he can mm-hmm. piss off. Mm. Yeah, it's, wasn't it interesting? I use that term loosely. That Alice was very, <laughs> very calm throughout. Yeah, I think. I mean, was she wrong to bring Brian to the? the meeting how the hell would she know the nooks and crannies of the financial setup of the whole yeah i mean chris chris dealt with it so well didn't he well you brought your dad i should have brought my dad and then didn't um brian said like i don't see what neil would do yeah and also he sort of went it's not fair sounding like a child Who's a right tip, honestly. He was yeah. really getting on my nerves. Well, you are. Please shut up. And that more um, Mackenzie Crook there, but slightly older, gruffer one. <laughs> <laughs> but he would have rattled a few, you know, he would have cracked some skulls, wouldn't he? He would have been quite... 
Or do you just interject in every now and again, more biscuits? <laughs> just to kind of calm everyone down. What pained me really this week was that there was very little geriatric cricket. Anyway, thank you for listening to another episode <laughs> of The Cider Shed. I hope you've enjoyed it. Chelsea mentioned it in passing, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, she did. I wrote it down. Her and Brad had been helping out in the nets or something. I don't yeah. know. Oh, it was much more fun than you'd think it would be. Are you in the pocket of big geriatric cricket? Is there yeah. some kind of, like, you know, <laughs> secret yeah, sort you of funds that, you know. If you, call, if you call the geriatric cricket helpline, you get care. Yeah, you were, you were disappointed by the amount of revenue we were getting from the ad. So you thought, okay, I'll find another <laughs> another yeah. way of monetizing the pod. Um, there is merch. There is geriatric cricket merch yeah. available on Amazon. And I haven't been looped into any of this. Oh, okay, fair enough. I mean, my T-shirt arrived today, Kerry. Thanks. Oh, good. So Chelsea, it, Chelsea mentioned geriatric cricket in between. You got me doing it now, you bastard. Um, <laughs> in between, in between, a quite astonishing display of petulance at work. I mean, oh, that scene! Christ Almighty! Why was Will sort of? barely saying anything about these warring teens in front right in front of him he was distracted by the peacocks <laughs> and the hot food <laughs> it it's the what is the orangery like is it a carvery or something and you order at the counter it sounds like a right shithole i know and then he was going those baguettes look delicious like it's a baguette. Uh, They're all right, you know. I thought the orangery was more like a sit-down kind of tea room style mm. affair. I know there is the tea room, but apparently it's like you order at the counter, and the f- first I thought it was a menu with pictures of the food on it, <laughs> and then he was like, "Orders hot food. Come and look at this meal." Like she's never seen hot food before. Yeah, I got very strange. confused because I thought I wrote in my notes, "Oh." um uh, Chelsea's the waitress and then it was like oh no I had to cross that out she's not a waitress she's behind a counter uh, then the counter has baguettes and cheese salad sandwiches or something uh, but Will wandered off to look at hot food where is this hot food if it's not behind the counter I assume it's like oh god is it are they in kind of Bay Marie's like a buffet or was the pizza wagon outside or something <laughs> yeah I mean but you think uh, Chelsea handled it badly, do you, Kerry? Is this a joke? No. <laughs> Here we go. Chelsea definitely, it was all so awfully wrong, wasn't it? But Chelsea definitely handled it badly. You can't just be a stroppy twat to a customer, can you? As an adult, obviously, you, if you've reached your limit, you would go to your boss and you'd say, look, I really need someone else to deal with this customer. It's just, you know, I'm going to have to make a choice between you know, keeping my job or losing my temper or something. Obviously, Chelsea's too young for that, but still, it just was so—it was too much. It just was implausible that she just stay there, trapped behind that counter, just sort of dealing with all those stupid little catty comments from Mia. Chelsea started it. I thought. I thought Chelsea was the protagonist, but perhaps you're right because then um, Mia sort of went, "Oh, it was revenge." If Chelsea's doing uh, table service, then she's got control of the situation, hasn't she? If she's trapped behind the counter with a queue of customers. And the mm. kind of, you know, the, 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 the 10 people, I mean, it must be so busy there. Also, <laughs> their eye, the eyes sort of boring into her. Then it kind of, it does sort of flip the okay flip yeah the a little bit. But. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Also, shock, like you said, Kerry, shocking lack of awareness from Will that they were actually going at it 
um, between the two of them. And there was a moment where Chelsea said, well, you know, we do get um, some riffraff. And Will immediately said, well, we don't come in very often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was one point where he sort of went, come on now, or something. Oh, they were practically pulling each other's hair out over the counter. You're the only sort of parent of teenagers. I know they're not teenagers anymore, but, you know, you have been a parent of a teen of teenagers. Mm. Do you think that that he might it's pl- at all plausible? He might have just thought, "Oh, sort of feign ignorance, anything for the quiet life." That was the that was the the, the get out of jail free card. I was kind of trying to generously give to the scriptwriters. But on Thursday, he said he did he hadn't realised what was happening, and it was oh really kind of, oh okay yeah. all right okay he didn't realise the reason, but he was sitting there listening to that crap. If yeah. that had been me sitting there with my daughter and another teen. I was, oh no, they're not sitting, they're standing at a counter. <laughs> um, and they were having that conversation in front of me uh, at each other. I would have definitely sort of gone, can you just both stop this right yeah, it's now? A, it's also a child he knows quite well, right? Because if it was a yeah. stranger, he, you might feel obliged to maintain some kind of neutrality out of politeness to, you know. But, yeah. but it's Chelsea, he knows her. He's just be like, look, Chelsea, you do your job, Mia, pick something. Let's get this done. Especially as it was supposed to be a treat and downtime from the stresses of um, exams. It was supposed to. It's not like they're in there all the time and this is just, you know, something silly. It's this is literally like the one time they've been out together for ages. Do do you know, I'm not I'm I'm not saying this to be rude about you or about Matthew or about myself, but I'm listening to us talking about it. I'm just like, is this what we've been reduced to? Yes, it is, Peter. (laughs) I did feel like I was losing my mind this week. I wasn't bored by what you were saying, Kerry, but it just it hit me. It was, we're talking about fucking two teenagers in a in a carvery. Not fucking two teenagers. No, no, no. Those rumours are massively exaggerated. But Matthew did do a tweet about him losing his mind, and so many people went ping, 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 like, like, yeah. like to that. Oh, that that was when I did the 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 cider shed Twitter on Sunday night. Mm. Yeah, I was going. Yeah, that was when Fallon and Pip. We're having their conversation about the perfect pudding competition, oh. Fallon said, I wish I hadn't started it. And I was like, we all feel like that, Fallon. Uh, let's yeah. talk about that just for a moment. I know it's insane, but that I might <laughs> come up with a solution. Any child under 12 can judge so long as they haven't entered the competition. So yeah, any under 12 is allowed to rock up and just sort of taste these fucking puddings. <laughs> En masse. Like, what the hell are they talking about? And then she went, oh, it'll be all right, because we'll just get everyone to make big pudding. Uh, I mean, I was ahead of that before she even said it. And I was like, what are you talking? I mean, is she like, does she work for the Tories or something? It's fine. Just batch cook for a thousand people for 30 pence. No problem. Yeah, but I was really hoping, is this going to end up as some sort of massive food fight on the Queen's Jubilee? (laughs) <laughs> uh, where they're just throwing blancmanges at each other. And then I thought... That's what I'm planning for the Jubilee. It's a bit wasteful, so the archers probably won't do that because, you know, food waste is not cool. Um, but I wish they would. I wish it would just turn into, like, dishes of food being thrown at people. Also, Jill couldn't knock up a lemon drizzle to celebrate the solar panels going up because it was short notice, despite the fact that Vince and David came to an agreement of that f- for that four weeks ago. 
How long does it take to make a bloody lemon drizzle? Matthew, your spreadsheet is smoking. Well, my mind is like a spreadsheet, Kerry. Yeah, that was a compliment, was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the whole week started with Pip celebrating that Mince Casey was coming to sign a contract for the solar panels. And then that was never spoken about again. The thing is, is week after week after week. So obviously I wasn't here last week, but over the last month and a half, at least 50% of the episodes I've said, oh, this is one of those weeks where they're just trying to organize things and get things ready. And, you know, this has got to kick into gear. That's got to kick into gear. But it feels like it's just a new normal. We're just floating from absolutely inane nonsense plot to the next inane nonsense plot. Now, people who have paid attention will point out that actually this is exactly what I said I wanted in the past when there was big plots like Alice or other stuff. I've always said that I like the mundane the mundane weeks, but at least give me a bloody Eddie in his limo plot. I've become convinced that they're writing the show after they've listened to our podcast because a couple of weeks ago we mentioned the specials and then the next week the specials were on there and then we mentioned another band the following week and then that week that band was playing as well oh. in the background. Right, let's me- let's mention someone. Well, I mentioned God. Gong the other week. Gong, yeah. Sawn in Half by Obituary, the death metal band. Okay. Play that in the tea rooms, Fallon. Yeah, Pat will be playing it or something. <laughs> well, I'm going to throw a curveball in. I, what I want to happen is before the show, um, Matthew gave um, Kerry the extraordinary name Gok Warbis, which is when <laughs> she was trying to give me um, uh, uh, fashion and body dysmorphia advice. So um, get some Gok oh. One in the, in the show, especially, you know, anything. Gok One or Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen, someone like that. Get them in. I need to qualify that by saying that Peter has admitted to having bought some cargo trousers and I was like, <laughs> I was quite uh, dismissive of cargo trousers. I need to be comfortable. I decided to prioritise comfort over fashion. I wouldn't say they're the most comfortable tra- trouser though, to be honest with you. But if, they, if they're comfortable for you, Peter, that's good. Well, I wish I was rich enough to just buy you a pair to sort of like so that you could make the um, make the you know experience the raw pleasure of the. There is no f-ing way I would wear cargo trousers. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a man with a very particular kink in Brighton who's now you know very upset. <laughs> do you think I've got a point? I mean, beyond all my moaning, do you think I've got a point that it has just become this kind of weird soup? of kind of uh, sort of rather humdrum plots. There's nothing really substantial for us to get our teeth into at the minute. At the minute. Well, the meat, the meat is the, the Brian Chris thing, isn't it? The Brian Chris Alice. It's mega gruel, isn't it? Yeah. And then if you really care about it, Grey Gables closing. No one so, cares about that. Nobody. No, Literally but, no one. Well, somebody cares because Roy's getting hate mail. Yeah. That, that, the the Grey Gables plot is very much the Millennium Dome of plots isn't it it's kind of like you know it was supposed to be it's just like oh yeah it looks like a big tip um you know it's very very underwhelming but um i I mean that was another weird thing was just the whole episode with roy where he he wanders up to adil shah's office and you know okay so matthew does his uh rants when they get um um chefing wrong and we all have our areas where we get sort of a bit like no that's not how it's done but when um, Roy was suddenly being thrust into a photo shoot and Adel <laughs> Shah was talking about the new website and the branding and such, I was like, that is all my area. 
and I was just going absolutely bananas, uh, you know, getting cross with the radio. It's like this is just unbelievably stupid um, on on every level, and not least of which, just Roy, Roy there going, oh, well, I, I guess I will take a massive pay cut, and I guess I will just take the job, and I won't ask any questions about the business plan, and I won't, I won't um, say to you, actually, I only popped in for five minutes, so I don't really want to be doing a photo shoot without any notice. It's just bananas. Mm. There was that strange bit where he said, but Adil, um, Kathy was promised a pay <laughs> increase and a car, and he's like, yeah, but you're a Roy. Yeah. And that's why I'm going to like cuck shame you and pay you less. And he went, okay. I mean, later on, was it on, was it on Thursday's episode? We, they were chatting. He's like, you know, I've got plans for this wall. It's getting in the way of everything. Put on your overalls and get a big hammer and knock it down for me. Will you Roy? I thought he was going to do that and then film him and put yeah. it up on the site. He is enjoying this a lot, isn't he? Adil? He he needs to get some sort of awful comeuppance where we're all cheering, I think. Yeah, and maybe the wall, like Roy hits the wall and Adil just happens to be lying down on the other side of it. But this bit where he said, we've got a hotel to open. Didn't they say this was going to take 12 months, these renovations? Yeah. So, and this is, this is week two or something. Yes. How much graffiti can Roy's car take in 12 months? <laughs> I, I was caught between cock piss part partridge mm. and that scene in the big lebowski where they walk out of the bowling alley and he's like they finally did it they killed my car yes. and like the german nihilists have set fire to it i love um, that film yeah jeff bridges car i was trying to do the tweet along on thursday's uh, that's yesterday thursday's episode and let me tell you tweet alonging between farringdon and brighton is impossible i'm never going to try it again so because uh, you go through tunnels, the reception in South Croydon is so bad, even without tunnels. Don't know what's going on in South Croydon, but anyway. well, everything's bad in South Croydon. <laughs> when when the when when people were basically burning London down in mm. um, whenever oh, yeah. it was, two thousand and twelve. Yeah, I had a friend that was really bemoaning that on Facebook, and then they just wrote at one point, "But Croydon's on fire, so it's not all bad." <laughs> <laughs> well, I put, I tweeted, I didn't even get to hear the last five minutes of Thursday's episode. Anything interesting happen? And Peter Bowker, you know, I'm a big fan of Peter. He put, well, it was revealed that it is, in fact, Roy the Goldfish who has been offered the job at Grey Gables. I saw that. And the conversations with Roy are a result of Adil's drug habit. And Pat gave Tony a prostate massage. <laughs> Oh, dearie, dearie me. So, yeah, oh. if that had happened on Thursday's episode, I'd be happy right now talking about it. Pat giving Tony a prostate massage. Yeah, it's better than what we've had to listen to, isn't it? He does like to fiddle with his signal box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't like the thought of those two at it. That's a very, very horrible thought. Have you done that just so we're doing Pat chat, Kerry? Well, I had to crowbar it in somewhere. <laughs> she hasn't been in it this week. I know. But now she is, so please play it now. Okay. <laughs> now I've got to find just a How quickly can I find Pat Chat? This is a game in itself. Right. <laughs> okay, where are we? Uh, oh, Cider Shed. Pods. Um, oh, what? Well, I thought you were going to edit it in, but I like this manual thing that you're no, doing. No, no, no. This is all... Oh, where is it? Where's Pat Chat? Oh, no, no. I'm getting, I'm getting nervous now. Uh, general assets. 
There we are. <laughs> chat. Open with QuickTime. <laughs> right. Pet chat. Pet chat. Pet chat. Pet chat. Prostate. Um. <laughs> Prostate. <laughs> oh, God. We've had some love about that. Um, I was going to say jingle. That's very old fashioned, isn't it? What is it? It is a jingle. Is it a jingle? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not so much love for the um, kid Creole correction corner. I noticed. I might oh. have to. I might have to slip in a little libel about kid Creole every week. Every week. <laughs> I loved. I loved your plaintiff singing on that. Now that we've played the played the Pat Chat uh, um, jingle, is, was that just retrospective to acknowledge the prostate exam, or was that uh, ahead of um, yet more dreaded Pat Chat? No, there's no more to come. It was literally because of Peter's Peter Balker's uh, tweet. So, how on earth do we segue from um, Pat jabbing her fingers up Tony's bum <laughs> to some other part of the plot? To Freddie, I know we can go Freddy. to Freddie because yeah, quite close to the anus is balls, and right. I wonder when Freddie's balls are going to drop. <laughs> I did tweet. I asked that question, and uh, people said he has to have some before they can drop. That kind of thing. Oof. Yeah. What what fun we had! But basically, Fweddy, bless him, was being totally sniped at by Lily this week, and I didn't like that. And being played by Chelsea a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, I did like the bit where she was giving him Gok Warbis style fashion advice. <laughs> And she said, it doesn't exactly scream manager. And he went, well, what does it say? And she went, I don't know, help. (laughs) (laughs) Was he wearing cargo pants? (laughs) Very practical. If he's he's now the lord of the manor, he'll need keys in one pocket. Maybe a... a, um... His bubble machine. (laughs) He might be going back to restock the cutlery tray. He's got spoons in the lower left, knives in the lower right. Yeah, his bubble machine has got to be in one of the pockets. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you you were on team you were on team freddy with the whole lily freddy thing i was until he went i bet you a million pounds that i will in two years time have been responsible for the flourishing lower loxley yeah i i mean i don't trust anyone that takes them all of five minutes to work out you can re you can dial one four seven one and get the number of the mm. person that just called you if indeed it is one four seven one, I don't know if that still exists. It is that, yeah. Okay, well, nothing's changed since I've been gone in twenty plus years. Nothing some, at all. Some things, possibly. I was involved in a bit of a back and forth about the whole Lily and Freddie thing, and I found myself, as is my way, ending up on the fence. Uh, and I, you know, I get it that Lily is has had to watch her wildly more incompetent brother. Get the you know the, uh, the 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 title and the ownership of their home, their stately home, just because he's got a penis, she doesn't, and that must be incredibly annoying. So I am quite sympathetic to that, but at the same time, just the relentless bullying was really horrible to listen to, wasn't it? Like you were saying, Kerry. Yeah, it's not his fault for one thing that he's got either a penis or is going to inherit the uh, home at all. Or is stupid. I- yeah, exactly. And I do wonder sometimes, has he got some sort of ADHD kind of thing going on? Because he can't cope with quite basic stuff, can he? Like concentrating on, they've, they've really highlighted, you you know, you've his multitasking is lacking and so on. 
However, I guess it's a bit like the royal family, isn't it? Like, yes, he's born into it and can't help it, but he could do something about it. He could say, listen, when I get it, you're getting half or something similar. Or or say to her, look, um, I, you know, I am honoured by this. I'm going to take it seriously, but I will, I will change the rules or I will yeah. pass it to your child or something. Yeah. Like, um, you know, when uh, Kate Middleton was pregnant, there was a kind of, uh, uh, they, they had to scramble out that law, didn't they? To make sure that whatever she was born, that, that she would be, she would, they, she would be, um, become queen. Please revisit that. I don't understand what you've just said. Yeah, I have no idea either. So basically, when Prince, when uh, ahead of Prince William and Kate Middleton having a baby, they rushed out a law to make sure that whatever she had, whether it was a boy or a girl, it would ah, be could be the monarch regent. Yeah. Oh, great. So, okay. So, in the same way, Freddie needs to do something to show to his sister that he is, you know, yes, he's going to take it because he wants it and he thinks he can do a good job. Which I think she would have to sort of say, okay, well do I really want it or am I just upset that I haven't got it? You know, which is, which is the case. But if he, if he did that, I think it would probably do something to calm her down a bit. Also, actually sitting here thinking about it, gazing out of my window, couldn't Lizzie do something about that? Or is it because Nigel put it, can Lizzie not change stuff? Do you think there's like a statute of limitations if you've carked it? I don't know. Like It's all in a trust or something. One of the things I was really shocked about, I didn't realise part of the deal was that Freddie was going to inherit like a brand of cheesy flavoured corn puffs because Chelsea said, you're the what's it, heir. <laughs> Perry's kicking in now. I'd love to be a what's it, heir. What's, what's it's are good, aren't they? Much better than Quavers. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've had either, actually. I'm more of a uh, knickknacks. Oh, scampy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, there you go. Yeah. Well. Yeah, scampy knickknacks. Mm-hmm. If you can, have, you know, smelly fingers. But apart from that, they're absolutely golden. That's what Pat says. So <laughs> I'm looking at I'm I'm looking at my. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm not playing the bloody jingle again. There was just one thing I was going to say, and it is we have to go right round the houses for this. But in last night's episode, Chris and Jacob, who are best mates, mm. having the conversation about. Um, well, he 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 put a horseshoe on Pandora, hadn't he? Yeah. Um, but then he said, uh, Shula said, there's another mayor sh- showing signs of lameness. <laughs> Nothing he was going to say. But then she realised she was just looking in the mirror. <laughs> I love you, Matthew. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh, a similar sort of thing that I loved was when <laughs> Will was talking to a tractor and um, said he'd scraped his knuckles. (laughs) And I was like, obviously, you know, he scrapes his knuckles all the time because they sort of drag along the floor, (laughs) don't they? Intentional joke by the script writers, maybe? Could be, couldn't it? I hope so. I mean, if it was Kerry Davis, it's possible. but um... I don't think it was. It was someone else. He's going to have the last laugh because he's going to do evening classes. So yeah, then... he, his head was properly spinning because he had to read the word equilibrium. Yeah, I was shocked by that. He didn't know how to say that. Wow. But there was that bit where he said, um, was it Mia suggest, why don't you study a foreign language? 
<laughs> just think of what English. <laughs> yeah, because she she the courses that she, she suggested. What were they? It was like um, philosophy. Con- Can you converse- imagine? Yeah, philosophy Latin was one of them. Greek, modern Greek, and cake decoration. <laughs> well, I mean, for Will, if he did philosophy, he'd get Descartes before the horse. Oh, okay, right. I'm calling time on this shite. Right. <laughs> I did wonder as well when Adil was on the phone. Sorry, Peter. I know you want to run away. You've got a fondue date. No, you? no, no. It's not that I want to run away. It's that, honestly, I'm just looking at the list of stuff, right? And we've, mm-hmm. and, and implausible as this might sound, we've actually completed it. Yeah. I, that's how. That's how crazy this week was. So, I mean, you know, I have at it. But I'm just saying, like, we we have done tick, 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 tick. Uh, it's, it's mad it's mad that we, we've actually covered the nonsense can i just say that when adil ardil was on the phone to someone called robert did you wonder about who that robert was i know it was robert snell but i was thinking you know is one of the gills robert is is that the person who's bought gray gable 60 percent? is it robert smith from the cure he never called me aka matthew <laughs> That didn't cross your mind, did it? I wrote chatting to Robert and I assumed the Snell, but, you know. Well, it was covered off, wasn't it? Because he's got that, he's got that um, temporary accommodation with Robert and Linda. Yeah, but that's not, that's not funny, though. <laughs> so, Peter, if we've exhausted everything about the archers, um, did anyone watch Eurovision? Yes! Oh, did you? Well, I don't think we can talk about it then. Okay. Yeah. The only thing I do want to talk about is the song I've been obsessed with all week, which is obviously relevant to our dear Kerry, which is the song that didn't make it onto the show, which is, Kerry, can you give a praise seat? Could you even give a rendition? Uh, well, my daughter brought this to light. I didn't know that Latvia's song was to do with, well, it's eating vegetables and fruit. And then there's some line in it about eating peaches and they throw it out to the crowd and say, what do we like eating? And the crowd shout, Pussy, apparently. Mm. So, Kerry, I've actually got it queued up. Instead of meat, I eat veggie. I like them both fresh, like them both juicy. I ride my bicycle to work instead of. So, I mean, Kerry, <laughs> that's your heritage. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't. I was disappointed to not be able to hear Pussy mentioned. Hang on, was that? I didn't know Gloucester had an entry in the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> exactly. A certain ex listener might have enjoyed that song. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, I did think of that, but it was. <laughs> I just. I mean, <laughs> I didn't say it. What? Well, a few, a few things, and I said this to you uh, previously. But one absolute, absolute banger. Definitely look yep. it up, guys. I mean, if you, you know, uh, absolutely banger within the envelope of Eurovision nonsense. Uh, also, a certain kind of um, sickly 80s panache, which, yep. you know, again, right up Kerry Street. So they all, they did, actually, they all did look like kind of like hypercolour versions of Brian Ferry. So that was quite <laughs> good as well. Yeah, the video of it is quite excellent, I think, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'll post it on, um, I'll post it on the, uh, when I do the edit. But oh, yeah, anyway, so I just, I felt like, Ker- Kerry, you've been robbed and I'm sorry about that. On behalf of the rest of Europe and Australia, I'm sorry. Oh, and Israel, I'm sorry. Yeah. I had, I had one viral Eurovision tweet on Saturday night, which is where I said, 
that it, Lithuania was paying tribute to the haircut my mum used to give me on the night before the new term school started. <gasps> I loved uh, her haircut. And my mum got in touch to say, I never, I have good haircutting skills. I never cut your hair like that. She had a bit of an Anne Widdicombe thing going on, didn't she? It was great. That song was excellent as well. It was really slinky and 70s disco and her dress was great. I'm, I might have been on a bit of a downer, but I really liked Grease. Ah. The one where she just basically said, like, we all die. <laughs> I was like, go on, love. This is what COVID does to a person, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I liked um, Netherlands. That was good. But um, my main one, oh, what was it? It was a woman singing and it just went, ooh. Oh, that's, ah. the, that's the Icelandic country music one. It wasn't Icelandic. That was abysmal. Oh. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. It was, um, I tweeted her in the week. I do remember by the time that they'd played that song, um, we were all harmonising that bit of the song uh, on the sofa. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it stuck with me, that has. I think it might have been Belgium. I think it was Belgium. Well, they, they were all very talented people. And, uh, Did you watch uh, it, I, Peter? I hated every minute of it. But you watched five hours of it? Uh, to keep my wife happy. We, we were at the... Yeah, um, and I got as far as the bit where, um, you know, when you know it's whenever it's in every country, and then they while the votes are being counted, it's like, and now the greatest band you've never, you know, they, they've they've sold sort of fifteen billion tracks in kind of I don't know Uzbekistan or something, and it was that weird Italian group with the kind of skin tight leather trousers, and they oh, won anyway. it last year. They won oh, it last year. I have no idea. No yeah, idea. Manskin, they won it won it last year and they've and been they like, are touring now, the world. Yeah, massive, aren't they? And they mm-hmm. that's why it was in Turin this year. There was a there was the very good there was a very good reference from him and they said, What advice do you have to the winners? And he said, Don't drop something under the table when the camera comes on you. Because <laughs> they basically alleged that he was doing a bump of cocaine, didn't they? Yeah. Last year. Which he wasn't. Yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If people want to um, join in the, <laughs> the Eurovision chit chat um, on uh, our social medias, where would they go? Well, on Twitter, we are at the Cider Shed Pod. Um, lots of fun. Come along. Come one, come all. Just come. <laughs> like Tony on a massage table. <laughs> uh, and, and Matthew, where the Facebooks and the Instagrams? You can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook group called the Cider Shed Podcast. And we have an Instagram, which is at the Cider Shed Pod. So get in touch there. That's where you'll find us. We have some nice comments on Instagram as well. Um, I did like someone who said they like they like an archer's podcast that doesn't feel like a women's institute meeting. So <laughs> it was a bit pointed, but okay, whatever. I mean, but... me, me from two years ago feels quite pointed at and you know insulted but uh yeah <laughs> uh, 
um well and yeah if you want to give us an email uh hello at the cidershed.com will send an email to us and it would be lovely to hear from you any um comments or recommendations would be much appreciated please please drop us five star reviews we love to read them they're so entertaining um anyone who hasn't yet written a sparkling five star review get out there and do it because we get very excited when we see them and we honour them as well, don't we? We we post them on our Instagram and our Twitter as well. So We do. We don't necessarily name you, but you know it's you. Well, I'd love to name them, but half the time we can't tell who it is. I mean, it, it puts a bounce on our step. Much appreciated. I'm going to try and come back next week with an improved attitude. I'm sorry I've been such a Debbie Downer this week. Um, so sorry to you guys. I'm not sure you I'm not sure you have been, Peter. I mean look not noticeably more than any other yeah. time. If if by a man's radio soap opera shall ye know him, you did fine, Peter. Exactly. Thank you, Matthew. That does make me feel a little bit better. I can I can rest easy this next week. Um Kerry, I hope you have a nice restful week. Matthew, <laughs> you also. See you next week. See everyone. Bye. Hang on.